Welcome to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. We moved to Mondays last week, and then the entire world was talking about what happened after the AEW tiles are vacant and major AEW players suspended after a fight backstage following the all-out pay-per-view. And Triple H has received another promotion to Chief Content Officer. And thanks to the game, the WWE content is now watchable again. And we're going to have a lot to talk about on this show. And I would be remiss without starting this mic drop Monday with talking about the repercussions that AEW has had over this last week. So we end a incredible weekend with Clash at the Castle, with Worlds Collide, with All Out. And every wrestling fan is like, this is exactly what we want. We're loving the content produced by both WWE and AEW, and rightfully so, because this is one of the best times to be a fan of the sport. It It's amazing. And then we watch the media scrum, the press conference after All Out, with CM Punk, and for 15 minutes, CM Punk is genuinely burying the entire locker room. He's buried Colt Cabana, who, to be honest, isn't relevant with the AEW stories going on right now. He buries Hangman Adam Page, which he's past a rivalry with Hangman at this point. And then he starts burying the EVPs, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, I'm saying he works with a bunch of children. And I said the most PG version I could possibly say, if you have headphones and you want to go back and listen to it on your own time, you can. It's on YouTube. And then there's stories coming out about a fight backstage once CM Punk Goff set. And there's been a lot of he said, she said with the stuff. There's been a lot of... Kenny Omega was protecting the dog. A still felt his wife was threatened. And so he bit Kenny Omega and there was a chair thrown at Nick Jackson's head. There's a lot of stuff. Did, did they kick down the door? What, whatever happened. And there's no video footage of it. Nobody saw it. It it's not been released. Any footage that may have possibly been taken hasn't been released. And the repercussions of that was obviously CM Punk just won your world championship in Chicago and the elite just won the first ever world trios championships and also your executive vice presidents of the company. And Wednesday's dynamite starts out with Tony Khan announcing that there have been suspensions and he's had no other choice but to, vacate both the AEW World Championship and the AEW World Trios Championships. And that night on Dynamite, we crowned a new World Trios Champions. It was Death Triangle beating Best Friends. And now there's a tournament going on to crown a new World Champion, not this Wednesday, but a week from this Wednesday at Arthur Ashe Stadium for AEW Grand Slam. That tournament's going down. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I was 
fortunate enough to talk about this on my radio show on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. It's out of pocket with Michael Davis. Talked about this with Jason Seatek. I was also a guest on The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, also on Tobacco Road Sports Radio this past Saturday, talking about this. And the whole question right now surrounding this is, is this real? Is this a shoot fight and everything? Or is this kayfabe? Now, truth be told, I do not know an answer. And you might remember me saying I don't have an answer for that question three months ago when MJF cut that promo and said he didn't want to be here anymore. And then you have him show up at All Out, which was perfectly done, by the way. Tony Khan leaving that voicemail groveling for MJF to come back and show up was perfectly done. And talking to my dad about this, this is what you want from wrestling. You want to question whether it's real or is it just part of a work for a storyline. And I don't know after that MJF story what's real, what's kayfabe. But either way, this overshadowed MJF coming back. And and that matters. You know, I'm, I'm back and forth whether, you know, what to believe. And a lot of people believe that this is real. Dave Meltzer has reported this is real and this is not part of a work. And it very well may be. And I'm not dismissing that. I'm actually starting to lean towards that. Because why do you have CM Punk relinquish a title? But then again, he just tore, what was it, his tricep, bicep, pec. He's torn something and will be out of action for six to nine months. Did you want to protect his, as John Moxley says, fragile mind, fragile ego, fragile body? Because it would look really bad if you put all this work into building up CM Punk up for the last year. Because his debut match in AEW was at All Out last year, and he won the title at Double or Nothing only to relinquish it due to injury. And then to went back and tear something, it would look pretty bad if he had to relinquish again for injury. You just couldn't put him back up on that pedestal. But now we're starting to talk about CM Punk's legacy after everything that went down. You know, I mentioned two tile range shorter than a week, but what is he in the locker room? And that that's what we have to deal with, right? Because last year, we started this podcast because of the excitement around AW got CM Punk to come back to wrestling. AW signed Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and had two of the biggest debuts at the end of a pay-per-view and one of the best pay-per-views in wrestling 21st century. Like all out 2021 was that. And we were like, okay, we'll look back in five years and see what this was, but it looks very good for AEW. At the time, it didn't look good for WWE. But CM Punk is now being questioned in terms of his leadership in the locker room. Is he in it for himself? Is he in it for the money? Is he in it to help build AEW? And I feel like that's what made AEW so unique at the start was – the people who were there bought into AEW. They didn't buy into building their own brand. 
they bought into building a company and building an alternate for wrestling fans. And we've gotten that the last three, four years. But unfortunately, this looks really bad on CM Punk. There's a lot of questions if he will return, if there's been too much damage. He he is a draw. A lot of people say he's not a needle mover, but I'm sorry. He did sell a stadium out, not stadium, an arena out on a rumor that he was returning. Like, it, it was a Friday show at like 10 o'clock at night. It, it That's pretty impressive. But this is also a bad look on Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the executive vice presidents of AEW. Because if this is true and you actually got into a fight with some of your talent, this is basically inmates running the asylum. And it's really unfortunate because with those guys, they have a high standard. And you're held to that high standard because you're people in power. And I don't think Cody gets involved in this fight if he's still here as one of the EVPs. I, d I don't think he does. So for them to, if it's real, if this, if this is a shoot, for them to engage in a physical fight that apparently lasted six minutes and now you vacated the World Trios titles, it looks really bad for your executive vice presidents to do that. And it begs the question, like, where does AEW go from here? Because, again, I told you a year ago, it was momentum all the way on the side of AEW. Punk, Cole, Danielson was compared to Hogan, Hall, and Nash coming in, Savage, that was what it was compared to. And I said it reminded me a lot of it, but time would tell. And a year out from now, it looks like Adam Cole, great competitor, but has dealt with some injuries. Punk also dealt with injuries, but now might not even be wanted by the AEW locker room. Brian Danielson is still killing it. Mad props to him. We're going to talk about him later on in the show because he is a part of the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. But if AEW wants to continue on the upward trajectory that they were on, were, being on the keyword, it's kind of gotten stale here recently, especially with all the backstage drama and everything. You got to keep your talent happy. You have to keep your talent happy. You don't want this getting any bigger. And you want to focus on the guys bought in. I mentioned that. The company started and has grown and flourished because guys were bought into the brand AEW and not their own brand, their personal brand. They were bought into that alternate for professional wrestling. And that means if Chris Jericho's bought in, go for him. If the acclaimer bought in, go for him. If MJF's bought in, go for him. Like these, these are the things you have to focus on. And continue growing the talent, continue growing the pillars like Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, who have never wavered. And most importantly, you got to look to your locker room leaders, which unfortunately, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson are supposed to be your locker room leaders. And if they're truly suspended and they're not there, you can't look to them, which means Chris Jericho is going to have to step up. We saw a great promo 
to start off Dynamite this past week between MJF and Moxley. Those are the guys you have to look to, particularly John Moxley. John Moxley is a locker room leader. He's been bought in ever since he showed up and dropped Key Omega on his head on a stack of poker chips. Like this is this is what you need. Now, AW should be fine. Still putting out great product. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, AW has to keep going forward. Whether it's with CM Punk or whether it's not. But you have a you have a deep roster, a very deep roster, very talented. You just have to know how to use them. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a company that is on the upward trajectory because of a change in management. And thanks to that upward trajectory, someone's gotten another promotion. We'll talk about that next. Welcome back to Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. We digress from the drama backstage at AEW that has caught the not only the wrestling world, but the entire world by storm. And we're going to switch gears to a well-deserved promotion. Everyone give a round of applause for the game, Paul Levesque, Triple H, for being officially promoted as the chief content officer. And what's looking at as a promotion, he's overseeing a lot of departments, talent relations, and he's basically the final say in what we're seeing on television. It's well-deserved because if you've been watching the WWE product since SummerSlam, it's been about, it's been about six to eight weeks without Vince McMahon. And it's looking really good. And I love talking to Desmond Johnson, the producer of Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And me and him just go back and forth. Like, it's fun to watch again. Like, it's it's watchable. And that's all we wanted as wrestling fans. And plus, they're saying the term wrestling and wrestlers on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown again, which is awesome. We're not dismissing that we're a wrestling company. It's not just sports entertainment. There's an entertainment aspect to it, and they've done really well because we're entertained with quality wrestling. All you had to do was watch Clash at the Castle to experience that, and what just what you could watch Gunther and Sheamus and be like, "Yeah, I love this," which got a five star rating from Dave Meltzer. Surprisingly, that's that's actually the fourth. That is the fourth match that Walter or Gunter has had under the WWE or NXT, NXT UK umbrella. That's gotten a five-star rating. You know, his match with Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Ilya Dragunov, and now Sheamus. And it, it was just quality wrestling, but not only at a pay-per-view, but we're getting quality wrestling. We're getting 20, 30-minute matches on weekly programming we got that from this past friday on smackdown between the brawling brutes and imperium thank you for bringing imperium back but also just the cohesive storytelling i remember a time where you could watch a three-hour raw you could 
struggle watching that three-hour Raw. And nothing would be advertised for next week. Maybe it'd be, oh, Brock Lesnar's coming or Roman Reigns is coming. But nothing really advertised for that week. You get to the entire week. Don't think anything about it. And you go and sit and struggle through another three-hour Raw. And you're like, wow, I'm watching... I'm watching something I didn't watch last week, something that's not growing on the week before, perhaps something you saw the week before. And you're left wondering why you wasted six hours of your life or those who watch the Hulu shortened version, three hours of your life. It it was just so horrible. And that's what happens when you're writing a script as the show is going on. And that was the chaotic scene backstage while Vince McMahon was here. And Triple H promised a more illuminative, a more cohesive script writing process. And it appears that's what we've gotten because you can see the difference when you're watching TV. And just just this past week, okay, you can pick you can pick any week of these last six to eight weeks to realize a difference but if you look at this past week okay the judgment day story continues to build dominic turned on edge uncle edge and his father ray at clash of the castle comes out on monday and he this is what we were looking forward to is that he'll turn i'm so glad it happened during triple h regime rather than when i initially wanted it because he slowly joins Rhea Ripley in Judgment Day, and it, it's just progressing not only week to week, but throughout the show. Edge wanting to kick Dominic's rear, and then later on in the show, Dominic watching his father get beat up, struggling. I mean, that's building. The mid-card titles, okay? We talked about Gunther and Sheamus with their Intercontinental five-star match at Clash of the Castle, that doesn't happen. That doesn't get the time it deserves. That doesn't get the magnitude it deserves three months ago. I'm just being honest. Because do you know how long of a drought we had where the United States nor the Intercontinental title was being defended on a pay-per-view or premium live event? We were on this podcast a few months ago saying... We want the mid-card titles to matter again. And now we officially do because Bobby Lashley defended his United States title against The Miz in the main event in a steel cage match. And you know what that did? That A, put the United States title back to where it needs to be, a high-card title, and it advanced a storyline between The Miz and newcomer Dexter Loomis. You're just just to break down, and people have talked about it in the past, particularly Paul Heyman, how to build your stars. You have your main event guy, okay? Bobby Lashley's multi-time world champion. I would say he's a main event caliber guy, and he's in the mid-card right now working with The Miz, who The Miz can put on anything with anybody and still be great. And The Miz is mentoring a younger guy on the main roster, Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa 
not young in age, but young in terms of his experience on the main roster. And now you've introduced a new guy, Dexter Loomis, and everyone is intrigued, glued to their TVs to figure out what's going on with this story. And it's, again, building week by week by week, even throughout the show. And in that instance, you are elevating the United States title by having Bobby Lashley hold it and defend it in the main event of Monday Night Raw. You are elevating The Miz because he's back in the main event. You are elevating Tommaso Ciampa just because of his association with The Miz. And The Miz is about to start a new program with Dexter Loomis, who you're about to elevate. Those are four guys and a championship that you have now elevated, thus elevating your entire program, your entire roster, your entire brand. That's what's happened. You look at SmackDown, okay? SmackDown has lacked in wrestling, and you open with a six-man tag team match with the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. And fans are up out of their seats for this match. Every time Gunter and Sheamus lock eyes, everyone stands to their feet. That's what matters. This is the wrestling content quality that we've gotten from AEW that attracted those hardcore wrestling fans. Now... We're getting that on Friday nights too. Okay, this is why I'm like, you can't be Team AEW. You can't be Team WWE. You have to be just enjoying all of this because if you if you miss Clash at the Castle, you need to go back and watch Gunther and Sheamus. If you miss SmackDown, you need to go back and watch that opening six-man tag team match. You're going to regret if you do not. And then you have Drew McIntyre, cost the title at Clash of the Castle, and it was because of Solo Sokoa, who debuted, and now you have the Usos and Sami Zayn hyping Solo Sokoa up, giving him everything he needs to be successful, and then Drew McIntyre comes out and faces Solo Sokoa in the main event. Also, kudos to Sami Zayn for sacrificing himself at just the right time, pushing Solo Sokoa out of the way and getting hit in the back of the chair in the back with a steel chair. That mattered. That mattered so much for the storytelling because Sami Zayn willing to sacrifice himself for the bloodline, but Sami Zayn willing to sacrifice himself for this blue chip prospect, Solo Sokoa, who wrestled Drew McIntyre in the main event. This, this is the type of stuff that we want to see. And now we're looking forward to next week's show. We're going to talk about in the next segment where on this past Monday's Raw... It was announced, Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. You're going to want to watch that match, especially after they build it last week. The women's tag team titles are on the line with Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez facing damage control. And you also have Johnny Gargano's in-ring return. They are hyping up next week's show, and you can't do that without it all starting in the creative writing room and someone being committed to having an easygoing process in terms of writing the show, allowing it to make sense, looking back at last week, making sure you're actually taking these stories somewhere because now, now we want to watch. And as Rhea Ripley said this week, it feels like NXT. Triple H had the experience of building stories that people wanted to see culminate at an NXT takeover. He 
allowed the weekly shows to be compensated with really good matches, really good stories, to allow people to keep, want to watch NXT on a weekly basis. And now we're getting that same thing from Triple H with Raw and SmackDown. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about what we are looking forward to happening this week, what you should expect on your programs, and of course, the return of the segment of the Rose, Thorn, and Bud next on Drop the Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. And yes, we have returned with the segment of Rose, Thorn, and Bud. Again, a reminder, Rose is the best part of the week. The Thorn is the worst part of the week. And the Bud is what we're looking forward to for this next week. Thanks to having Mic Drop Mondays, we can do this. And my Rose, it's really hard to pick. It, it's really hard to pick. We had Braun Strowman return. We had some quality matches. We had a six-man tag on SmackDown. That was absolutely phenomenal. So I'm just going to say a quality week of wrestling. Despite all the AEW drama backstage, despite a lot of things that went wrong, despite not having Roman Reigns on WWE programming this week, despite a few people being injured, we had a quality week of wrestling, and I don't recall the last time over the course of seven days, if we put this back to Saturday's Clash of the Castle event through Friday SmackDown, a time where I enjoyed genuinely every program I watched. I absolutely love that, and it makes this podcast easier to do. It makes my radio show easier to do. It's a great time. Now, if I had to do a thorn, I already touched on the titles with Omega and the Young Bucks dropping the World Trios titles, CM Punk dropping the World title, and that's a shame. That really is a shame. I'm going to say Braun Strowman and the way he returned. Strowman comes, and I've met Braun Strowman. Awesome guy to meet. He's incredible. But now he's no longer controlling his own narrative, which shows you the confidence he has in Triple H to handle his character, but just the way they did it. One thing that I think WWE has lacked on and continues to lack on, and it'll take time to build up, is their tag team division. There's, there's a lot of tag teams now. Um, Imperium is now here. You have the Brawling Brutes, the Usos, Street Profits, New Day, Alpha Academy. You have Los Lotharios, who I'm really high on, if they have the opportunity. But for Braun Strowman to come out and destroy four of your tag teams who should now, I believe this week on SmackDown, are going to compete to determine new number one contenders for the Usos titles, to have Strowman just bury your tag team division really isn't a good look. I wish they would have saved Strowman for, you know, going straight for Roman Reigns because there's a story there, you know. Roman Reigns kind of ruined Braun Strowman's world title reign with the universal title. They they could have they could have done a lot more with it. And unfortunately, it came at the expense of their tag team division. And my bud, what I'm looking forward to 
are these AEW tournament semifinals. You have, guys, you have John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara this Wednesday on Dynamite. And now you have Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson again on Dynamite. And the winner of those two matches will compete at AEW Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium to crown a new AEW World Champion, not an interim champion. CM Punk's been stripped of the title, but a new AEW World Champion. And I can't wait for that because if we're getting into what's happening this week, you you really have to think where they're going with this. And John Moxley and MJF squared off in a promo. MJF not in this tournament because he won the casino ladder match. He has the chip. He has the world title match in his possession whenever he wants. So I'm thinking they're going to build it up to full gear. Unless they do something crazy where MJF walks out of Arthur Ashe Stam with the title, maybe cashing in kind of like a money in the bank briefcase situation immediately after the match. But I'm thinking they're building up to Mox and MJF at full gear and somehow getting there. Who's champion? Who knows? But it, so if we're having John Moxley win this Wednesday over Sammy Guevara, there's only two ways this could go. We could get Mox and Jericho again, or we could get Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. The match that's eluded us, we get the match where Brian Danielson failed to defeat Hangman Page at Arthur Ashe Stadium last year. Ended in a time limit draw. And now he faces John Moxley, his Blackpool Combat Club partner for it. And plus, I am overwhelmingly pleased with the Blackpool Combat Club and how they have constructed their matches. They always construct with going for the hammer anvil elbows and putting your opponent in a submission. And it's just nasty. I love that idea. And it's everyone. It's Willer Yuta, it's Mox, it's Danielson, it's Claudio Castagnoli, and it works. It works for each and every one of those guys. So my picks for this Wednesday is Mox and Danielson, and then we get that match at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And unfortunately, we still have this Jericho, Danielson, Dan Garcia love triangle going on right now, and that'll be interesting. Congrats to Dan Garcia for winning the ROH Pure title in the Dynamite main event. And that was the thing. Quality week of wrestling. Despite all the ba- backstage drama, you had a great opening trios tag match, crowning Death Triangle with the titles. Given Pac, who's been with the company from the start, the first ever person to hold two titles simultaneously with AEW. And then you finish it up with Dan Garcia and Willer Yuta, two of your brightest young stars in the main event and having a title change there. AEW Dynamite did not suffer without Punk and the Elite, which goes show the roster depth. And then you have the failed four-way tag title, tag number one contender match, the SmackDown. Who knows who wins that? My, I want to say Alpha Academy. I really do, but I don't know if Alpha Academy fits with challenging the Usos right now. I love what Alpha Academy's doing. Chad Gable has been great going back to a couple weeks ago with that segment with Kurt Angle. It's been awesome. 
I'm going to go the new day. Give Kingston Woods a match with the Usos again. They'll always put on a classic. But tonight, on Monday Night Raw, if you were watching this as soon as it released, first of all, thank you, and hope you've enjoyed the show. But you have Gargano, Johnny Wrestling returning in ring, and who knows who he wrestles. But somehow, someway, Austin Theory has to get involved and set up a pending match between Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, which will likely happen at Extreme Rules. You have the women's tag tiles on the line. Dakota Kai and Neo Sky claiming it was wrong, she wasn't legal, and have now been granted a rematch for Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez's women's tag titles. And a couple weeks ago, I was like, damage control wins, right? And I don't see Aaliyah and Raquel's title reign lasting two weeks. It, it shouldn't last long, don't get me wrong. But they kind of need the tiles a little bit more now. So if there is any way that Bianca Belair could cost, if Bianca Belair could cost damage control this match, she should do that. She should do that because Bailey and Bianca Belair are going to square off soon for the Raw Women's Championship. And it was teased for last week. It was teased for this week. I don't think it happens this week, but it's coming soon. It'll probably happen at Extreme Rules. And then, of course, the match that got way too personal, way too quick, Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. It's going to do so much for Dominic to be in a ring going one-on-one with Edge, who will call the match the entire way. And I believe Edge can help elevate Dominic Mysterio to that next level. We were talking about how they were doing it last week with the United States title. Edge worked with Damian Priest a couple weeks ago in Toronto, Edge's hometown. And now Edge is about to elevate Dominic Mysterio. And this is Dominic's first singles match away from his father. So if Judgment Day can somehow help Dominic win and beat the Hall of Famer Edge, Dominic can't go over clean on Edge. He can't. But Judgment Day can find out a way, particularly Rhea Ripley, it's given China and Eddie Guerrero vibes, Viva La Raza, then this will help elevate that story and continue to build. But either way, we're set for a really awesome week of wrestling content. You do not want to miss it, just like you don't want to miss Mike Drop Mondays or some recap on out of pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. You will not want to miss anything produced this week. So with that said, this has been the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed this Mic Drop Monday. See you next week.